Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, coolies. Welcome to Barca Talk. I'm your host, Gabriel Quiroga, here in the Spanish capital. In today's episode, of course, we're going to do a resume of the Classico last night that happened. And to talk with me is Troy Cadet, and we'll get into that after this quick break from NordVPN. Are you tired of hackers and cyber criminals snooping around your online activities? Do you want to safely access your favorite shows and content from anywhere in the world? Then you need NordVPN, the best VPN on the market. And the good news is that there's an exclusive birthday deal just for you. Buy NordVPN now and win extra subscription time. With NordVPN, you can protect your online activity and keep your private information away from prying eyes. And if you're traveling abroad, don't worry. Connect to a NordVPN server in your home country and safely enjoy content as if you'd never left. So what are you waiting for? Visit nordvpn.com Barca now to get this special birthday deal. Shield your data from snoops and criminals with NordVPN's state-of-the-art encryption. Safely listen to podcasts, stream shows, or simply browse in complete privacy. Again, visit nordvpn.com slash Barca. The link is in the show notes. Get NordVPN now and enjoy a safe and private online experience. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, last night, Barcelona beat Madrid in the first leg of the Copa del Rey semifinal, one nothing. And I am deeming, and I was bouncing this idea around with some other Kool-Aids like Diana Christine and some other people, was this the most impressive classical victory in the last 20 years? I'm in the camp of yes, just because of the top four players on Barca being absent. And also what this kind of meant momentum-wise. What do you think, Troy? Do you think this was the most impressive classical victory for Barcelona in the last 20 years? Uh, so I, I have to say no on the fact of like the 5-0 game. You know, okay. we beat them 4 nothing. you know, last year when we had Obama Yang. So those types of games. But if you want to look at it from a perspective of grit in sheer determination – then I would put this definitely at the top of the list. Like, I mean, we, 
I mean, we were we fought the whole entire game, fought the whole, you know, 95 plus minutes, however many minutes there were. So when you're looking from that perspective, when you thought that, you know, there was no way in hell that Barca was going to come in here and win it, then for, from that perspective, yes. But I don't know how it competes with with games where we walk in their building and beat them four to nothing or five to nothing like that. I get that. I get that. But again, I feel with those victories, we had superstars, you know, and in last night's match, you know, we talked about this on Wednesday. I was going into the match expecting to lose more than any other classical I can remember just because of the amount of injuries that we had on the team and also not knowing if Chavi was going to adjust accordingly. And he did last night. And that's going to lead me to my next segment or my next question is like, why you know, if he's so willing to do it against Madrid, why couldn't we do it against Manchester United if we are ultimately trying to win everything we can? Because I feel that last night's performance gave me a glimpse of what was possible at, you know, Manchester to pull out something defensively. Because I'm sorry to say, Troy, Kunde and Arahu are becoming uh, world-class, like, top-of-the-line defenders that we are seeing – maybe in the last 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I've thought about that, about uh, Araujo for a while now, like the past, you know, a couple of years, just, just because how big and physical he is, how fast he is and his mentality of he'll do whatever it takes to, to help Barcelona win. So I've, I mean, obviously growing up watching sports, he's the type of player that you just, you know, fall in love with like right away. Like he's your guy. He, you know, I've already, been talking about him becoming our captain, you know, for the next 10 years or whatever. So, and then Kunde's always been pretty stout. Uh, obviously we've asked him to play out of position for most of the year as a right back. He's transitioned pretty well to that. He came back into his, you know, his natural center back position against Man U. He did, he at times did not play that well. Um, you know, he was struggling with, uh, their pace and struggling with, you know, sometimes getting rid of the ball and and got caught on a couple, you know, a couple of the times he had the ball, but but overall, just overall, that back line is just, you know, even they're just so much more improved than you know what they've been in, I guess again that little period of time that that you know three to five year period and they were so well last night they even were able to cover up or you know, for Marcus Alonso being put in there as the other center back, but he actually even had a pretty decent game too. I mean, it looked like to me, he was hustling a lot more than I've ever seen him hustle when he yeah. gets, he's been at Barca. So, well, um, that let, going yeah. back to Alonso really quick, I think, you know, as we talked about on Wednesday, having the speed of the three guys, right? Balde, Kunde, and Arahu makes Alonzo not a liability on the speed right. aspect, right? And I think that's where Christensen also benefits a lot. Now, really quick, just on Arahu's numbers at the Bernabeu in his career, essentially two matches, two wins, one goal scored, zero goals conceded. I mean, I just cannot believe how he just has a personal vendetta against Vinicius. I'm, I'm all for it, obviously, <laughs> because Vinicius just drives me crazy about, yeah. you know, I love a good Brazilian player, striker. You know, I love him. I mean, that's what I grew up on. But the way that his attitude and the way he faints these injuries and these things, it's just like too much for me. And yeah. there's not enough goal or spectacular plays for me to be on the Vinicius train, you know, so to speak, as a world football fan. But again, when I'm watching the highlights, I watched the highlights again today and the news. And one of the things that stood out to me with Arahu being on the right side is that he is so like just honed in 
on Vinicius' belly button. And what I mean by that is yeah. I remember growing up when I was playing American football is like you hone in on the belly button because that's where the movement of the left to the right of the hips go, right? And when you yeah. watch Arahu, I mean, watch it again. If you watch these highlights, watch how he gets low and he just is so ready to adjust which way he has to go. But also he's not falling for the minuscule moves because also Vinicius knows that he can't beat Arahu to the corner. And once you take that yeah. away, I think Vinicius becomes one-sided. And you saw last night another crazy stat is that Madrid had, you know, 13 shots but zero on goal. So, yeah. again, Kunde and Arahu, especially on that right side with Vinicius and Benzema, they did a spectacular job last night. Yeah, well, yeah, he's he's bigger, just as fast, if not faster than, than Vinicius and you're right, he doesn't fall for it. So, I mean, you know, like I said, I, I thought he's – early in the year, I thought before he even got hurt, I thought he was top five center back in the world. I think you take him up to top three, if not top two, active, you know, in their form right now. Like, he is just just pure beast for our squad. I mean, how many, how many defensive backs are playing – world-class right back and the world-class center back. I mean, that yeah. is an impossible, like that's not a really hard thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, how lucky are we, to, you know, to have, you know, somebody presented him to us and, and we actually said, yes, if, if you look back at all the players that, that good old Barto said no to, they just, you know, for him, it was him and Pedri that were presented and, 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 and Bartomeu and his, his crony said, yes. So, so thankfully, <laughs> thankfully they did because, what I mean, what a player we have, and hopefully Barca can lock him down for you know the the majority of his career. I mean, the guy's got ten years, you know, to to play for us, and I I can't wait to I can't wait to watch him watch him do his thing for the next ten years. I mean, last night was one of the best defensive performances I've seen from a Barca back line. I think in my lifetime from front yeah. to back, especially because we lost the possession game and. Yep. We knew going into this that it was going to be a dogfight from the beginning. Normally, when you go into a Clasico, you know, I was trying to think because, uh, like, I was talking to Diana Christina. She was telling me, you know, the the one where Messi wasn't there. And I'm like, yeah, but we still had Iniesta and Neymar. You know, we still had, like, yeah. a lot of fight to that. Whereas last night, you know, we had Rafinha up top with Ferran Torres. And we saw, you know, that they were basically on islands last night. The midfield was just basically trying to hold water and clear everything. And then our backup line was under barrage where most of the play was in our end. And again, Ter Stegen did an outstanding job when he had to make a couple of those plays just to, like, especially on a cross here and a cross there. He was outstanding. Of course, Balde, what, what can you say about him? I mean, last <laughs> night, I think maybe one last night he had one errant pass that almost got into some trouble. But other yeah. than that, other than that, he was lights out for me. And again, like you said, when all these three players are playing, I, I basically feel like you could put Alonzo Christensen and not really skip a beat. Obviously, I would prefer Christensen. I think he has, you know, obviously he's younger, has more yeah. uh, more life to him on defense. But again, you, like you said, Alonzo had one of his best matches. I mean, how many times did he come in at the last minute to either head something away or put a foot into a pass? And I think, you know, Troy, it's kind of like one of those things when you are playing with someone alongside that is just ultimately so fast, it is so freeing for you because you don't, 
you don't have to worry about that. You know, yeah. it's not like yeah. you're playing with someone slow where you're like, oh God, we're going <laughs> to, who's going to run back? You know, it's like, like you, yeah. you know, Kunde is going to cover everything. And so is Balde yeah. to your left. So that gives you like this ability, this confidence that you play. But I just can't say enough of this back line last night. I was, yeah. I was watching it just like with bated breath because you knew Madrid was going to cross and throw everything but the kitchen sink. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Balde too. Like, I mean, I've been talking about him for a while. You know, here's this kid that, you know, played for Barca, you know, obviously came up through the system. He's been with us since he's been like eight years old. And the problem is, is like these players come up through La Masia, they make it to Barca B and those games are so, um, how do you, those games are like clusters, like, um, you know, they're going at each other. Barca, I'm talking about Barca B games. Like they're physical. They're, you know, it's not the, obviously not the best players, our, our players are normally younger, where the other teams that they're playing are, are usually older. They're a little bit smarter, a little bit wiser, a little bit dirtier. And so it kind of you kind of neutralize the ability to see their talent. So even on him, there were questions of at one point in time, like two and a half years ago, you know, do we just get rid of him because they don't they don't know if he could make it. And then once he got on the first team and got some field time and you saw this kid like just. I mean, he's got blazing fast speed. He has he he's got a pair on him because he's not afraid at times. I want him to do it more, but he's not afraid at times to take that edge, to take that corner, bring it to the box. He didn't do it too much last night because I think that the game plan was he needed to play safer and be able to to fall back when needed. Um, but other times you've seen him, he'll he'll take it. He'll take that corner. He'll he'll get take a person one on one and get by him and take that corner and do some crosses. But his abilities then to track back are like second to none on this. He's by far faster than anybody else on this team. Like there's no doubt about it. If you line him up, uh, he would certainly win. And he's not afraid. He's not afraid. He's just a kid. And he's not afraid. So he, just like Araujo, he, you know, we need to lock him down and, and, and have him control that left back spot for the next, at least the next 10 years, because he already, he already understands our style, right? He, had, he, he understands that. And he just needed, he just needed the the green light to get on the field and do his thing. And I know Chavi's been, you know, building the trust with them. As you know, we obviously have all of that still available. But he, but the biggest thing is, is he must be on the field if you're going to play a Marcus Alonso next to him because yeah, he he counteracts his slowness with his his pace and the ability to cover cover you know ground and cover you know box to box so to speak uh, on the defensive side. He like you said. Having Balde on one side of Alonso and having Kunde on the other side really, you know, they just they they cover his weakness and that's being slow and allow him to actually look pretty good and and be a, the smarter defender of them, right? Like position himself in the right spot at the right time because he was pretty crucial on some of those defensive um, defensive times where they had where there was like a free kick or you know or whatever was going on where he was just always in just seemed like that second half, he was always in the right spot at the right time. And he didn't obviously, you know, didn't um, get nervous if the ball bounced to him. He knew, sure. you know, he, he knew what to do with it. So, um, so yeah. Uh, and they have, the, the biggest thing for me about that back line is this is absolutely what Barca has to have the foundation for, for success in Europe. We can't, you know, we need, it's a, you have to have a defense today. Like you're not going to be able to win it with MSN. Even if we had prime MSN, I, in the way that today is played, 
you know, those three would still be run on, right? And they didn't like to play defense. So it'd be yeah. like seven versus 10 on the field that defensively. And I think Barca would still suffer. And you saw that. You saw that. You saw that in Champions League knockouts, you know, when we still had those guys that we were still losing. I mean, they were, you know, technically in their prime still. So you have to have that defense. And luckily, like I said, we different reasons where these guys came from. One's a signing. One we found as he was older. One came up through our platform or through La Masia. We have more that are that are back in the system that are ready to you know take the big the big step when they're given the green light. So we're pretty good. We're pretty. Uh, although we we need a right back. I think we need a pure right back. Yeah. Um, I do like Kunde out there, but I know that's not his preferred. Sure. So, sure. So we've got to find a right back. I w- I'm always going. I'm going to push back on this a little bit because I don't know if it's that crucial anymore. Because we have Balde, you know. I think finding Balde on the left now gives that flexibility on the right that we can get away with it, right? I mean, yeah. Of course, who doesn't want a world class and amazing right back? I mean, of course, everyone does. But I yeah. think we're in a position now that we are so solid on the left back. I mean, that is like a no brainer now with Balde there. That. With these type of matches now, if you want to mix up Kunde and Arahu, they're both comfortable on the right. You can do that. Now teams going forward don't know who's going to be defending right at the onset. And also, if we keep Alon- – obviously, we have Alonzo for another season and Christensen, I'm okay with that defensively, you know, because we yeah. still have the speed. As, as long as, you know, we're healthy there, we're going to be there. Let's move on to the next line because I want to talk about the midfield a little bit. I, I want to highlight uh, a couple players here. So the first thing is obviously Busquets making history last night with his 46 appearance in the Clasico. He is now the leader in Clasico appearances over Messi and Ramos. But I, man, I, I what can you say about De Jong last night? De Jong was a man running around, and I. It's not about the speed, you know. It's about the coverage and like the strides that he has. On the last minute of the match, he runs down, hustles. I think it was on Vinicius, and he just gets the ball and wins it. And I was like, good God. Like, this is the Frankie de Jong we've been waiting for for the last three years, and here he is. And last night, when we needed it most, we needed someone to just make those crucial toe pokes, those crucial tackles, those crucial moments to receive the ball. De Jong was there. And de Jong, again, last night, I have in my notes, was just for me, top-notch, spectacular, world-class. One of the best games I've ever seen him play, by far. And going back to the Man U games, Chavi put him on the left. The right is clearly his preferred side. The right and with freedom. So that's why I didn't understand why, with all the things that Chavi was doing with his lineup, why why did he why didn't he have Kessie play on the left side to help them with the defense? Because that was our weak side, was the left side, and then allow... Um, uh, Frankie to be on the right side so he could do his thing because you saw last night if he if he can be on the right side and he has the freedom of movement you you can see what he can do and that's that's prime Frankie's position right there being on the right side and having the freedom um but yeah I mean for me I mean you got, obviously you got the defense obviously you got a Rojo that would be you know man of the match you know top top voter maybe but Frankie has to be right there as well because he was doing everything. He was doing everything defensively, offensively, you know, just fantastic movement on the ball, just transition, just moving it side to side. Just, I mean, he did it all. He did every single thing and he did it really well. I don't, I don't remember any, any plays in the back of my mind that I was like, man, what are you doing there? Like, I mean, he did everything right last night. So 
it's super important player for us. And, um, but we need to ensure that he, he can be in, in that, in that spot on the field so he can do his thing. Because if you, I think we've seen historically with him, if you pull him out, like I said, even just putting him on the left-hand side, you're restricting him big time. You're really restricting him and you see what you get. Like he didn't play that great against Man U because he, you know, he had other priorities. Um, so it didn't allow him to shine with what he naturally does. But um, yeah, f- fantastic game. You know, I love French midfielders. So I love Kamavinga's motor. He, I mean, I think he's like a version 2.0 of Conte. But man, when Frankie de Young, you know, a lot of times he was 2v1 on these players and he was able to pick the right spots, when to lunge, when to go back. I mean, he he was spectacular last night. And, yeah. you know, even though he his drives didn't lead to direct goals or direct attacks, it was like the workman rate that he was able to just cover and almost feel like a two-for-one midfielder in the midfield. And this goes to my next player that I want to highlight is Frank Kessia because he's not the most spectacular midfielder we've ever seen, but we know what, what he is. Like I know what he is as a player. He's fundamentally sound physical and he's going to run great. I'm on, like, I know what you're going to do. Let's do it. You know? And as you can see with every match that he is playing, he's adapting more and more to his passing style with the shorter passes and finding those lanes. But last night too, I feel like it was one of his best matches in the Barca Jersey because like last night when he was with the, obviously he had the goal with the own goal of of that play. Okay. That's fine. But he was the one that was there to pounce on that mistake from Kamavinga. Right. And now when you're watching him, I don't feel like before I was like, Oh God, uh, we're going to have a little (laughs) bit of a bajon of like a player. He's fine. Like to me, if I see him yeah. in the starting lineup, I'm okay with that because I know what to, what he's going to get, and that's fine. We need players like that that are physical. But again, he just has to watch his temper a little bit. But other than that, mm. I was I think it was one of his best matches in a Barca uniform last night. Yeah, agreed. I mean, obviously the jury's been out on him, but how many times have we seen when a player comes into Barcelona and they just struggle? Right. I mean, he obviously had language barriers, and this is not a type of style that he's ever played before. Obviously, so. He's had to grow into into playing with us, um, and you know, fortunately for us, due to injuries or whatever, he's probably getting more playing time than he would have normally. Like you know, with Gavi missing games and obviously Pedri being out. So, but but that's it. That's that's made him grow into to our, to us to this team much quicker than than he was in the beginning of the year when, um, yeah, when he when he first when he first got here. So fantastic for him should have had two goals onto the blocker <laughs> playing defense um guess he was not too happy about that he was just like you could yeah, see him he's like telling onto to jump and that's i mean can you can you imagine that, that? can you imagine that really no. quick like if kessie <laughs> no. if kessie scored like you know involved and scored two goals in this match yeah. last night you yeah. couldn't have paid me enough money yeah. to even put that on the top 10 things that were going to happen last night yeah yeah, because, I mean, you know, in our chat, he's been one of those players like, okay, that was a bad signing. Obviously, we didn't pay any money for him, so thankfully for that. But up to date, you know, up to, like, you know, New Year, Christmas time, you know, he was a really bad signing. You know, then we heard, you know, Inter was, you know, interested in bringing him back or some other Italian, you know, clubs were interested in bringing him back. And I think everybody at that time would vote, like, get rid of him. But look how important he is now. Like, that was uh, – and I like his – I like his his nastiness, if you ask me. I like it a little bit because 
that's always been something. Barcelona's always been soft. They yeah. really, they really have. I mean, Puyol brought some of that nastiness, but overall, overall, Barcelona's always been a softer team or a finesse, you know, sure. uh, type of team. So I like it. And he certainly stepped up big time yesterday. I mean, he was, again, you know, Frankie on one side, him on the other side being physical, run, you know, intensity, the whole entire game running. You know, he was really, I mean, those two in the middle were fantastic. Busquets did not have that that great a game. He had a lot yeah, of but he was an, I think, passes, I, yeah. but good I enough. Like he, yeah. Exactly. And I feel like he yeah. was like kind of like a non-factor in that. Like he didn't, yeah. he didn't F us up and he didn't do anything spectacular, right? He was just no. there as a, as a yeah. guy and sure, that's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. fine. Let's move on to the last line. And I think this was one of the troubling issues. I was getting a lot of texts uh, from Craig, in fact. Um, and also we, we saw in our group chat about this. But, you know, we're going to get into the Chavi thing as the last thing because I think we definitely need to dissect and obviously give him kudos for what he did last night. But, you know, understanding the assignment, right? And I feel Rafinha last night was like – not on the same page of what was tactically happening in the match, right? I feel he made every bad decision possible. Like when he was supposed to go, he stopped. When he was supposed to stop, he went, you know? And he could not get anything. And this was the type of match that reminded me of, you know, when I was growing up as a striker, you're only going to get three touches in a match. What are you going to do with those three touches, right? You're only going to get three to four, so you're going to have to really be smart about understanding where the defense is in the moment, and that it's really difficult. Don't, don't get me wrong. It's like it's way better when you have seven touches because you're, you're in the rhythm of the game. But, I mean, there was – you know, especially in the second half last night where Rafinha just needed to hold the ball, wait a little bit, and no, he tried to take people on with speed, and he's not, he's not that much faster than everyone where you're like, yeah, go for the speed like Dembele. And again, last night I just was very frustrated because – I wanted more from these two players, Ferran and Rafinha. Sure, Ferran was okay. I mean, he had some good dribbles, but man, I just, I just don't get it sometimes, Troy. About like, just know the moment, use your back, be physical, hold the ball, wait for the counter. Like, it's just football one on one. Yeah. Okay, on Rafinha. So I've, I've been, you know, I've been a fan of his. Like I've talked about it a lot in our, in our group chat, and. I had said before that Xavi created a monster with this Dembele, Dembele, Rafinha, you know, versus each other type of thing where he's always, before Dembele got hurt, he's always talking about, you know, how much of a game changer he is, how much better, you know, he's, he could be the best, you know, right winger in the game and all this type of thing. And I'm, and, and here you got another guy that we just signed for, you know, 65 million, 60 million, whatever it was. And of course, now what's happening is you and this guy, as soon as he gets on the field, wants to make an impact too. So you have that classic case of somebody coming in and trying to do too much, trying to prove you know that they're better or whatever. And, and I blamed Achabi for setting it up that he was creating this monster. Um, so some of that I think is still like he wants to be that flashy, that spectacular, you know, do something, you know, make somebody, you know, take somebody on one on one and do a do a typical Brazilian esque Neymar esque type of move and, and, and do whatever. I think he just needs to just relax a little bit, settle down and, and be smarter. Um, but I don't know when that's going to happen because he's trying to optimize his chances right now because Dembele's hurt. So um, I feel bad for him. I really do sometimes, but you're right. 
he does some bonehead things. Like you're like, dude, all you had to do was like, you know, go to, go to your right and push the ball up into the box. Like we don't, you know, you didn't need to do that or, you know, whatever type of play he's doing. Sometimes he is really reckless with the ball and sometimes his passes are, are really reckless and you're just wondering, you know, what was he thinking? So, but on the good side for him, the dude will track back as much as he possibly can. Like, and he did it last night. He constantly tracked back uh, on the defensive side where like, if we had a Dembele in there, he's, there's been minimal times that he'll, that he's willing to track back like that and actually get up in somebody's space to try to steal the ball or anything like that, or, or make any physical contact. So I kind of give him a pass somewhat on that. Now, if we would have had lost and he had been doing those bonehead moves, it would have been very easy to Monday morning quarterback it and, you know, put some blame on him. Luckily we didn't lose, but, but big picture with him, he definitely needs, he needs to realize like, Hey, I need to be smarter with what I'm doing and not worry about being flashy. But like I said, he's a typical Brazilian, you know, offensive player. And it takes a while if ever to like get that out of them. You know what I mean? To like get their mind to think like, Hey, let's, Let's do it the right way and not worry about the the flash on every single time he touches the ball. Exactly. I mean, there was just the one play where, you know, he all he had to do was get the shot off, right? Just yeah. get the shot off. There was a guy trailing him, but no, he like cuts it back. And it's like, yeah. sometimes you just need to go up the middle and just shoot the ball, like yeah. shoot the glass, right? Yeah. All right. Let's get into the, I would say the most confusing, complex topic of Chavi, right? Because... Again, this is dominated our WhatsApp chat. This also got a lot of comments in our Patreon post. I've seen it all over today. It's what do we think about this now? Like we just got eliminated literally last week from Europa League. <laughs> and here we are beating Madrid in Madrid with, yeah. like I said, one of the most impressive victories that I've seen in the last 20 years of just the, gr- the grit and the gut of this team. Yeah. And that Xavi, I remember like, you know, obviously the tactical strategy last night was just to hold the fort and move on. And to me, I'm just like, what? We, you're telling me we couldn't have done this against Manchester? I'm not saying we got the result, but at least I would have been more prepared. Like, okay, we tried different things and this is what it is. But I let me just start off with this because I just have – we just have comments galore. So let me just <laughs> let me just start mm-hmm. off with the first one from Carlos, obviously. Carlos is one of our most active – participants in our on our whatsapp group he says what do we make of chavi's success in classicos versus his record in europe so let's go with that first one because i think that is an amazing question for us to start off with this philosophical topic because you know and we've been discussing this in the last weeks and so forth i mean chavi's now four for five in classicos i mean this yeah. is pretty incredible stuff it is confusing i mean you can't it's hard to like well, you could, I was going to say it's hard to pinpoint, but then it's not like hard to pinpoint. Like you can see the difference in the team's reactions and mentality when they're playing Madrid versus other things. And, and I think that, I think that they tried to, to beat Man U, but Xavi kind of, you know, put an arm behind their back, especially with the lineup when, when the first, the first leg in Barcelona with what he did. Like, I think if he didn't do that, we might be we we're probably talking about our next opponent in Europa League. Honestly, I, I think that we probably could have won that game like three to one, and we would have won on aggregate anyway. I, I don't understand. That's why I, I have said many times, like if he really didn't care about it, then be really 
blatant about it, you know, and put put more of those bench players out on the field and be really obvious. Like, I don't give a shit about this Europa League. Like, I'm putting Torre out there. I'm putting Arakan out there. I'm putting, you know, these players that aren't getting any minutes, you know, I'd put them out there and make it a, a bold statement. Like, we don't care about this. Man, you go for it. It's all yours. Take it. We're just going to play the games because we're going to play the games. But it was just like, well, well I'm going to put my team out there with like 80% strength. There's 75% strength and then hope for the best. And then you got, and then, and then the second leg, man, you did the same exact tactics. Like I said, it would almost mimic the first game. We just couldn't come back and put that second goal in. So they won the game. It was the same, the same, the pattern was almost exactly the same. So it's like, we're sitting here blaming him. I'm blaming him. I was blaming him. I said, I don't think he has the ability to do tactical changes and, and understand what's going on in the field and counteract that. And then we have a match like this where, you know, we shut Madrid down, even though I still think I put in the WhatsApp group, like they, they moved Vinny over to the right side. They're over, they were overloading with Benzema and we still had a on the, on uh, our right side. And so Araujo is out here garden, garden grass and they're overloading the side and we still don't make a change. Like I was like, okay, let's, why aren't we, let's pull Araujo in. Like, you know, they're not doing anything over there. They're trying to, you know, late in that game, trying to overload. So we still didn't make any changes there. So uh, I don't know. It's like, we need, it could just be straight down to mentality still. Like, yeah. Yeah. It, okay. This is Madrid, but Europe, man, like, I don't, I don't care if it's Europa league. I don't care if it's the champions league. I've said it before, and I'll, I'll say it till I till I'm dead in the face. Like, let's win the freaking game. Like, let's. Yeah, yeah. I don't care if we've never won the trophy and it's a second tier contest. Let's go win it. Yeah, like, I don't. I don't understand it. I mean, last night again just confused me more because you know this is the type of performance that we've been begging for for home and away type of matches, especially when we are you know, undermatched like this, right? Like, and it's, it doesn't happen very often, right? It does not happen very often. But it's also about the mentality. You could just tell the mentality last night was we need to play really sound defense and we need to scratch our way some way to get a point here, to get going, to, you know, not lose it in the first leg. And I feel like that's, I think, for me, one of the most frustrating thing. And, and the other thing, too, that what's coming across social media, what's up, and obviously I'm going to read this comment from Jay Cruzen, is this idea that it wasn't the prettiest Match now, Jay Cruz in here said, Not the best victory, but best defensive display I can remember in the past few years. You know, um, bet before this match, all you heard was Vinny world class in form. You know, hopefully, Chavi will learn defense needs balance. And obviously, I responded to someone else on Twitter as well saying, This wasn't the most eye pleasing uh match that they've ever seen, obviously. Amazing. But the thing is, is you know, this is the thing, I am so over the moon about this victory and i don't even care that we lost possession like it's just as one match right because it's a tournament right yeah. if it's la liga maybe i would care a little bit more that we we want to use our style but i like i was last night was one of the best like i can't remember a match where i was so involved in a way that i was holding my breath every time because every time a cross came in i was like oh god just clear it just get it you know and it was just like watching the clock watching the clock watching the clock and just trying to survive and i was all in and i'm like if we get past this with this copa del rey final and if we do eventually win the copa del rey i think it's you know a feather in his hat for xavi and 
you know, I'll be even more favor in the Chavi Nadetta because now I know that he's willing to change for certain tournaments, right? I mean, and that's what we're looking for. Yeah. Well, you know what? We, we didn't, we had like only 40% possession yesterday. So I wonder if anybody's gone back and looked at when was the last time that we even won a game and we didn't, we didn't hold the edge in possession. Like I don't know. I'll have to look and see if anybody even holds, holds that stat or can even tell me, but it's been a long time. So that's, that was the real interesting thing to me of how disciplined that team was, is that we didn't have possession. Madrid had possession, the majority of the possession that game. And we still were very disciplined. We didn't, we didn't get scared. We didn't panic. You know, we just held and continued to do what we needed to do. But in those Man U games, we panicked. You could tell they went up two to one and we panicked. So it's like, what, why did we panic there? But we don't panic against Madrid, you know, in this game here. So it's like, I don't, I don't know. It's, and again, it's one of those things like I'm not until we get to the champions league and next year, and we really see what we, you know, where the squad is at. I'm not going to judge Chavi by Europa league things. Of course I'm a fan and I want them to win every single game. And one of the teams that I just can't stand anyway is, is man U. So I I can't stand their fan base. So I'm like, (laughs) you know, seeing all of them, you know, you know, you know, talk on Twitter after was just maybe want to vomit. So that's why I really, you know, wanted to, to really beat them. But um, so we'll see. Anyways, overall, the team, I mean, by, like I said, what they showed yesterday defensively to me was super impressive. And the fact that they can do it, that they're understanding the tactics and can do it. But one, my, my last thing is when is this fan base? When are the socials? When are the members when are they going to realize that we cannot win every single game with style? Correct. Like, Correct. I don't want to hear I, it anymore. I, I don't want to hear I it. <laughs> that's, that's the <laughs> thing. Like, I, you know, it, it reminds me of uh, really quick of, of basketball, you know. Like, I remember in the early days, my Warriors with Run TMC. And <laughs> Don Nelson was like, you know what we're going to do? We're really short, but we're just going to run out everyone, right? And that, that worked really well in the regular season. But then guess what? In the playoffs, it's a slowdown pace. Yep. You know, you're playing the same team four times, and we never got past the second round, right? Yeah. And then fast forward to my new Warriors now, same thing. Throughout the season, very entertaining, playing fast. But guess what? During the playoffs, they were able to redefine their offense for specific moments to get victories, right? And that's really what it's about, right? I feel like, you know, as we always talk about, the style, that's our DNA. That's the base of what we're doing. But there has to be times that you deviate from that just to get the victory because ultimately that is the most important thing that we want to get is those victories, right? And so, again, we still have a tough road ahead. Obviously, I'm going to be heading to Barcelona tomorrow. I'm really excited. I'm going to be meeting up with the North American Peña Tour, uh, led by Victor, one of our main cohorts in the Patreon group. Um, so I'm headed there tomorrow. Uh, we're going to go to the feminine match on Sunday afternoon, and then we'll go to the men's match against Valencia. So it's going to be a doubleheader, uh, 180 minutes of football for this man here. Nice. Um, and then after that, we have Athletic Club uh, the following week, and then the Classico on March 19th. So uh, 
two tough matches. I think Valencia, you know, especially with what they're going through right now, they're still in dissension right now. So we'll yeah. see what's going to happen. Hopefully Barcelona can take advantage. Again, the only thing that worries me, Troy, is the time. It's a 4.15 kickoff, you know, <laughs> especially coming off the high yep. <laughs> of this Thursday night match, right? And then just going into Thanks, a siesta Liga. match yeah. against Valencia, Thanks. you know? Yeah. It has, I mean, this is, you know, Xavi needs to get these boys geared up. Uh, it's basically probably going to be the same starting 11 in, in a way. And I just hope that we see some some energy, you know, momentum coming from that Classico. So we'll see how that works out. So uh, I'll be headed to Barcelona. I'll be sending you pictures from the beach, Troy. Uh, and, yeah, so thanks for joining me again, as always, talking and dissecting a Classico victory, which is always the best type of podcast episodes to do. Enjoy Barcelona. Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.